Hey everyone, thanks for joining us for Let's Talk Recovery. My name is Aaron, this is Caleb. We're just grateful just to, to be back with you guys today on Good Friday. It's officially Good Friday. Um, as we get started today, I do want to remind you to check us out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, wherever you consume your social media content. And then uh, check us out on podcasts if you're not already. That's Apple, Google, um, Spotify. Um, in case you're wondering, you're on some type of other platform, you're looking for Cedar Point Recovery. All the episodes that are the talk show are Let's Talk Recovery. Um, but on this Good Friday, we're grateful again to be back with you. Last week, um, you know, we started off um, with kind of an overview of Passion Week, doing the, the first few days of, of Jesus's last week. And so if you didn't catch last week's episode, be sure, go back and, and check it out. Um, but today, we're going to pick up right where we left off um, in the Garden of uh, Gethsemane. And uh, Caleb's going to kind of introduce what we're talking about today. Yeah, so... Um, like Aaron said, we're, so last week we left off where Jesus is um, praying at the Gethsemane, or you may have heard it's the, also the Mount of Olives. Um, Judas has betrayed Jesus with a kiss for some you know, reason other than just pointing at him. <laughs> saying, that's the guy. I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't like... It was phys- different times, right? I just don't like physical contact, so it just it bugs me. Anyway, um, <clears throat> you know, then, then, uh, then Peter cuts off some dude's ear. And Jesus picks it up, or doesn't? <laughs> he, he, I'm pretty sure he does. He does. And then <laughs> yeah, there's some 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 way the ear is made whole again yeah. by Jesus, and he says, you know, I'm not about this kind of this kind of life. And um, so they take him uh, to the uh, the Pharisees for for trial, and that's where we are picking up. But before we do that, I want to put this into context. So you know, we talked about last week that um, Jesus' uh, life as a Messiah. He, as, as a Messiah fulfills a number of prophecies about 360 some odd I can't it's like 363 or something exactly but I can't remember um, and uh, one of the, the main ones especially when it comes to the to the resurrection comes out of Isaiah 53 and so I'm going to read just a bit of this um, here it's I'm going to pick it up in um, uh, verse 3 and it says he was despised and rejected. And this is Isaiah. This is his prophecy about the Messiah, the, the coming Messiah for the Jews. He was despised and rejected. A man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. He turned. Uh, we turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Yet it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us like sheep have strayed away. We have left God's past to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep is silent uh, before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. Unjustly condemned, he was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants and that his life was cut short in midstream. But he was struck down for the rebellion of my people. He had done no wrong and had never deceived anyone. And, but, uh, but he was buried like a criminal and was put in a rich man's grave. And so I just wanted to put that out there um, to to give you some context. As we go through kind of these uh, his trial, crucifixion, resurrection, you're going to see a number of these things pop up in, um, in, in, in how... Uh, Jesus goes through this process and um, you know the thing to, to note about a lot of those things is that a lot of those are outside of Jesus control right Jesus didn't get go in there and you know they didn't ask him hey how would you like us to kill you and he was like uh, I would prefer crucifixion um, you know he, he didn't ask to get stabbed in the side he didn't ask um, 
too, uh, oh, I don't know. I mean, be scourged. Yeah, be scourged. He didn't ask to be whipped. He didn't ask to be, you know, one of the prophecies about Jesus was where he was born. He didn't have a lot of say in that. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's all sorts of things like that, but it, when it come, he didn't ask what tomb he could be put in. Um, and, and so there's a number of prophecies that Jesus fulfills that he had no say in. Um, so that, that, that should, should give you some pause about, um, you know, can I, can I trust this? This is make you think, um, uh, what do we, what do we think about the resurrection, uh, account here? So anyway, so he goes to first <coughs> the Jews. So under, um, what Jesus has done Right, what the, the Pharisees are trying to get Jesus on is not—he has not broken any sort of law under Roman authority, right? So th they're taking him to the Pharisees in the the Sanhedrin first to try him under Jewish law, under the Jewish religious law, and so when they do that, once Jesus is arrested, the the, the Gospels tell us that this, the disciples run away, right? Um, they disappear. I mean, one one account is that one of the disciples is just wearing a long shirt, and somebody grabs it, and he slips out of it and runs off naked. I think, I think it's. I think history says it's Matthew. Maybe. Um, you know what a bold and courageous man that was. He goes running off to the woods naked, and um, <clears throat> so they bring him forward, and they they are trying to do something they're trying to find some charge they can get jesus on well before we get into this i mean i want to do the significance of that i yeah. mean last week we talked about here jesus is you know last supper he's proclaiming this is what's going to happen this is the new covenant even my body yada 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 and just to, to bring clarity that the disciples really didn't understand any of it jesus is arrested and they run away right like in their mm -hmm. mind what that points to is like this is done yeah, like our whole our whole paradigm that we thought existed, the whole last of three years of our life for nothing. Um, that's the significant of I mean, um, all of them at that moment, as far as we can tell, um, were convinced that this was the end of what Jesus was doing and the end of that ministry, and just shows how completely wrong they got everything Jesus had told them and how much they missed it coming into this as they do scatter. Um, even Peter denying Jesus is Jesus just predicted, you know, that that night, you're going to deny me three times coming in the next day. Peter three times denies Jesus. You got uh, Matthew streaking, you know, just got <laughs> those types of things. And <laughs> they're just like, all right, it's over, you know, back back to, to business as usual, fear for their life type of thing. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and I'm going to touch on this a little bit later too, but you know, the thing, we don't ever talk about it because, you know, we don't keep up to date on a lot of ancient Jewish history, but um, I mentioned this last week that, you know, the, the, the Jews have been looking for Messiah for hundreds, hundreds of years, right? So the, again, that, what I passage I read it was from Isaiah, one of the, the major prophets in the, the Old Testament. And there's a number of prophecies there, again, like 300 whatever, that are directed toward a Messiah. And um, so the Jews have been waiting for a Messiah. Well, there have been a number of uh, Jews back in the day that had, you know, said, that, oh, well, that's me, I'm the Messiah. And <clears throat> so... Um, Except the problem is, is that they, none of them were ever resurrected, and so, you know, when um, you know they would, they would challenge the the power structure, or they would, you know, say I'm I'm doing these things, or they would, you know, try again, try to, you know, um, get authority or be militaristic, um, and and they would end up getting arrested and or killed for their troubles, and so you know for 
when when the disciples see this guy who's again another another line of you know somebody claiming to be the, the savior for the the jews and he gets arrested they're like oh, we're out we've seen this played out before yeah. we're not going to be a part of this and um well that just happened with john you know earlier on and they would have been witnesses to jesus's cousin john the baptist got arrested in right. ministry eric cuts his head off right yeah <laughs> here he comes in you know seems like he's got it all together and it's like well that didn't work out yeah you know so um so so culturally again this to them like nick and say they're like oh this this whole thing isn't isn't true this isn't going to work out and and do <clears throat> you want to hold that in the back of your mind because again we're going to talk about how they behave after after sunday you know of this so this is a uh, what friday friday night right thursday friday night and friday uh, night. huh friday night thursday night yeah friday night yeah because he's cruised friday friday yeah yeah the, the judicial system was a lot faster back then <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot of time for evidence and, yeah. and that you kind of thing. You say that the trial was illegal. <laughs> yeah. Um, so so they bring him in, uh, and they say, you know, hey, you're doing all these signs and wonders, and you know, claiming to be God, and is that what you're? Is that who you are? And and in in the accounts, it says Jesus doesn't say anything, right? And that's that that's a direct callback to Isaiah, where he says he's being accused. And he remains, the, this person remains silent. And so um, they, because he's not saying anything, then they, the, the Pharisees are pulling in false um, uh, witnesses. They're bringing in people that are just making stuff up, basically, and, and saying, you know, this is what Jesus did. It, you know, and <clears throat> the, the charge they, they finally trump up against him is, is blasphemy, right? Um, because they say he's trying to be, be God. And um, which to the Jews, is punishable by death and so they take him to Pilate and say hey this guy is breaking our laws and Pilate's like what law what's blasphemy he's like well, I don't care about that because yeah. Pilate's pretty uh, at, at best probably agnostic he's like yeah whatever you know um, <clears throat> but the way they get Jesus on the blasphemy thing and, and some of the counts a couple of the, the the gospel accounts say you know they, they say who are you and he said you know or um, or do you claim to be the son of God or the king of the Jews? And he's, you know, Jesus is like, yeah, and I'll be at, seated at the right hand of God. But one of the, the, the other accounts says that Jesus says, uh, I am. And, and that's incredibly significant because that's a direct call reference to um, when, when Moses encounters God at the burning bush. And when Moses has, you know, God, who do I tell Pharaoh sent me? He says, I am. I am is the... You know, meaning I am, I am always, I'm the, I am everything, right? I'm, and so that's a direct reference, that's a, a direct response, Jesus claiming to be God in the flesh. And, and so, and I, I, make, I make that a point because sometimes um, some people who try to challenge, um, you know, Jesus or Christianity say, well, Jesus never really claimed to be divine. I'm just like, you, you obviously never read the gospel, but yeah. that, that is actual that is an actual uh, argument some people try to make against, you know, like, oh, well, back to last week we referenced the Da Vinci Code, and I'm pretty sure Dan Brown makes that assertion that they, the, the Council of Nicaea, which was a Catholic council, I don't know, what, like 600 or something, three, three, 600 AD, they're the ones who, who decided to make Jesus uh, claim to be God, and it's like, no, no, it was pretty obvious. I mean, if you if you read the Gospels and the writings and understand the references Jesus is making here and the significance of that, 
it was very clear that Jesus claimed to be God. And so, um, so they get him on, uh, on blasphemy. They take him to Pilate. Pilate's like, what's up? And they're just like, oh, this guy's blaspheming. He's like, I don't care. And so they said, well, uh, he's going to disrupt things and cause problems. And Pilate's like a, a, a dad who just got home from work. He's just like, I want to be left alone. <laughs> <laughs> you kids, knock it off. Or else, you know, well, this, this guy here, he's causing all these problems. All right, fine. Just do whatever you want to with him, basically. So he beats him. You know, he, he punishes him. He's going to punish Jesus for them, hoping that that'll be enough. And um, it's not because the, the Jews, again, it's not because he actually, you know, what, I mean, committed blasphemy. It was because he's challenging their power. And if he's around, he's going to continue to challenge their power. So he's got to. And uh, the Jews didn't have the power to execute because they, they weren't in charge technically, right? It's the Romans that occupy uh, Israel. And so <clears throat> um, they, they couldn't just, that's why they had to take him to Pilate. And Pilate has to be the one that um, says it's okay to, to, to execute him. So, um, uh, so, so he beats him, takes him back to Jews, said, hey, look, I beat this guy. Is that, isn't that good enough? And they're like, no, we need to kill him. And uh, Pilate's like, well, so this was... Um, what it, I can't remember what the celebration was. It wasn't just Passover. It was something else. There's a, there's a ceremony though where the the Jews. It's, this is a tradition in which um, they can bring prisoners forth and they they can ask for forgiveness for one, basically. Or he, he'll release a prisoner and they they bring forth Jesus and they uh, bring forth Barabbas and the people say we want Barabbas. The the, the the Pharisees and Sadducees, Sanhedrin, and all that, they rile up the people and say, hey, you need to say, you know, Barabbas. So they released Barabbas, who was actually somebody who was a murderer. And um hope that worked out well for them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and um, and so, you know, uh, this is where uh, uh, Pilate says a famous... Um, you know, I wash. He goes over and washes his hands because he he knows this is nonsense. But yeah. he, he says, "I wash my hands of this." You know, basically, I'm not I'm not going to be responsible for any of this stuff. Um, and and so he says, "All right, you know, then we'll we'll go ahead and, and crucify him." So that kind of gets us through the trials. Is there anything you want to add on to that? <clears throat> no, not not on that. I mean, it is one of those things. Again, we're we're doing such a great overview on this we could spend so much time just going through scripture um you know we encourage you last week we're encouraging you this week go back read it chronologically um you can find some things online that, that will allow you just to read the story as the whole and, and what i mean is you know each of the gospels take different angles different views <clears throat> um, because it's different people's perspective that that's why the the story sometimes looks slightly different and, and begin to again to look at it and and get that that broad picture of what's taken place through this period of time <clears throat> you know and through all of it i mean you you get this this horrific picture of what they're putting jesus through um and then when you bring it into the context of uh, jesus could have ended this at any time um personally it's one of those things that um it stirs my heart up in such a way that that jesus again even before crucifixion which is brutal um, allowed himself to be beaten and humiliated and, and whipped and scourged and, and all of this um, leading up to that, um, I just can't even imagine. Um, and so then we do move from trial, as uh, Caleb said, you know, and they've 
that demanded the the death of Jesus and the release of Barabbas, and um, th now we're going to move to to crucifixion. And um, you know they're they're going to lead Jesus away. Um, he's you know we get this picture of Jesus carrying his his own cross until uh, another man is charged with with picking it up and and carrying it um, for him um, to um, to the place where the his, his final place of death and, and humiliation, um, which is. Uh, what do they call it the place of the skull. Yeah, Golgotha. Golgotha means yeah, um, place of the skull. And um, and then that's where again that the fulfillment, the final fulfillment of prophecy is going to take place. And so, um, you know, just Jesus is he's nailed to the cross there. Um, he's he's hoisted up in such a, a brutal way, um, just in front of people. Um, there's the crown of thorns placed upon his head you know earlier and, and we've got the the sign that's nailed to um the cross you know here as the king of the jews um <laughs> which uh herod loved um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but you know it, it's all you know all of this brutality um is is for us you know it's it's to take upon um our our punishment i mean you're talking about the just a horrific way for your life to end and then again you know jesus being god in the body you know has holds the power to end it at any moment and just continues just to go through this and you know i've went through some painful things nothing even com comparable to this and there's, there's nothing that i would have went through that i wouldn't have ended that pain in a moment you know like like if i could do that um, and especially if it was something undeserved, but, but Jesus just continues. Again, this is what he was praying about um, in the Garden of Gethsemane. Lord, if there's any other way, knowing in that moment what the trial was going to look like, the, the beatings, the humiliation, and the crucifixion, that's what he's saying, Lord, if there's any other way to take this cup of suffering yeah. from me, um, then do so. Um, but, you know, if not, your will be done. Um, but, you know, the, the greatest suffering has, hasn't even taking place and that's the moment of separation from god you know taking upon the sins of of us um and even in this moment that the thing that i think is lost in some people is, is god being outside of time in such a way that in this moment jesus took on the sins of of you like knowing that all those mess ups you know everything you were doing you know that was put on jesus in that moment um my life caleb's life all in that moment and as jesus is taking that on there, there's separation from god which which in and of itself it's hell and so then we have you know again jesus going to that place but yeah and so um a couple of things to note on on that is that on the crucifixion part and again we're, we're blowing through all this because you know we're trying to keep this at a reasonable time um <laughs> Uh, but there's so much that like, we could talk about about each kind of part of, of, of this of what happens over this this period here and um, but when it comes to the crucifixion you know again there's a number of things that it does for us and one um, like I mentioned before there's a number of things that uh, Jesus doesn't have a say in here obviously he's he's nailed to a, a cross and so um, you know which like I was reading Isaiah when it says he would pierce for our transgressions there's a uh, prophecy about him being speared in the side, but but that none of his bones will be broken. Which um, in in crucifixions, you die from. I don't know, some of you may not be familiar with this. Um, so so in a crucifixion, right? So they they would in in this case they nailed uh, Jesus 
and, and he had two criminals on either side of him, and they, they put a nail between the bones in his wrist and, um, and then through his feet. And sometimes what they would do is just tie you, um, would just tie your arms up there. And what happens is, is you don't die necessarily from the blood loss, you die from asphyxiation. So, so you just lose the ability to, to breathe, basically. You, you, you uh, suffocate to death because as you, as you weaken, and your arms are outstretched like that, you're gonna, your body starts to sag forward and it put more compression on your lungs and you're, you're unable to continue to breathe. And so um, sometimes what the Romans would do in order to speed that process up, because they don't want to stand out there all day waiting for you to die, is that they would just go up and, and break your legs. And so then you couldn't support yourself. And so then you would just hang um, without any sort of support and asphyxiate faster. And so um, that happened to the criminals beside him, but it didn't happen to Jesus because at that point he had already, he had already died. And so, um, again, Jesus didn't have a say in that, right? Um, so, uh, so that's one thing to note is in the process, through the process of the crucifixion, Jesus fulfills a number of messianic prophecies. Um, the other thing that I think is a really interesting point uh, that happens during this, and I think is a, a moment that's lost on the American church, is that, you know, there's this, he's, he's there between two criminals. One, one um, mocks him, says, hey, if you're the king of the Jews, why don't you get yourself down, basically? Why don't you save yourself? And then the other one puts his faith in him. And, and Jesus says to the one that puts his faith in him, he says, today you, you know, you'll join me in eternity, basically. And, and I think that what's interesting about that is that in that moment, Jesus won, the, the, the criminal's faith saves him, right? There's no works. There's no, he didn't earn it. He didn't do anything. Well, like, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's a certain religious organization that says it's not faith and grace alone, that it's actually faith and works. And yeah. Um, surely that's the gospel message. You're telling me that's, that's not actually the case. I, I'm, I'm missing the verses in there where he, you know, did confession or any particular thing to earn his salvation other than believing that Jesus was Christ. Uh, that almost sounds like, you know, that verse in Romans, you know, believe with your heart, confess with your mouth, and yeah. you should be saved. Yeah, there's nothing attached to that. I don't know. It's just, it's the, a, it's it's just a, the horse without the other cart. It's a question wrapped in an enigma, huh. wrapped in a... <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, so... There's a there's a pretty surely good... <laughs> it's predestination predestination saves that's me. right it was one, he's one of the 144,000 okay Jehovah's Witnesses that's going to make it so we're down to so some of somebody's missing out there's yeah. one of them right there right. But, um, so anyway so so yeah so there, there's a pretty strong case to be made right there for faith in Jesus saves you because that guy he could literally <laughs> his hands were tied right. I mean, <laughs> Uh, well, they were, they were nailed. nailed. <laughs> but, it, you know, the joke doesn't work as well. So he didn't do anything, obviously. But he had faith. But here's a, another key here is that, you know, the thing is, we're, we're all about, oh, Jesus is love. God's love. Love, love, love. Just love. Love is love. Everybody love everybody. God is also justice. Yeah. And that's the key, we, you know, thing we miss. And here's, here's the thing. Jesus saved this guy. But you know what Jesus didn't save him from was the punishment he was going through at that moment. Because he, he committed some sort of crime. And he was paying... He was paying the price for whatever crime it was he committed. And, um, you know, Jesus doesn't save him there, right? I mean, justice is, is still dealt out for, for, for what he had done. And um, <clears throat> I think that's a point to be made. And this is the same reason why, you know, we're talking about how Jesus goes through the agony of being separated through God. So here's God in the flesh. He's got, you know, direct connection to God because he is God. 
But at a point, because God is all loving, all God, or all justice, the point Jesus takes on those sins, there's a separation that happens because you can't, you can't have that be a part of you and be all justice and be without sin, right? And so, so Jesus experiences that, which is, 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 is an agony that we, none of us could possibly take upon ourselves, which is why it took God to do it. And so, um, you know, there, there is a consequence and there is, it's not just love, but there is an expectation of justice, of right living, of doing things in accordance with God's will that is expected of us as Christians. It's not just, well, I'm going to say I love Jesus and then just continue to live out my life the way I want to live it out, right? There's, there's consequences for, for that. And, the, you know, there's justice associated with the love that God gives us. And so I think that's a point that we often miss. Um, and I'd like to, I always like to hit that whenever I get a chance to do that. So anyway, so, so, um, they cast lots for his clothes. That's, uh, the, the, the Roman guards, they, that means they, they, you know, gamble basically. So who gets to keep the, the King of the Jews's, um, clothes and which is again another prophecy that happens um jesus doesn't have a say in that he's offered vinegar which is another prophecy he didn't have a say in that um so uh jesus dies and then the um the veil between the holy of holies and the temple tears from the the top to the bottom now this is not just like a curtain like you know some little cheapy Walmart curtain. <laughs> this is it's the blackout kind, right? Yes. <laughs> it's got the rubber back on it. <laughs> That's right. It's a huge, <clears throat> it's this huge fabric that goes. So we talked about last week in the temple, there's there's different kind of levels. And, and as you go in further and further into the temple, um, the more high ranking you have to be into the place where you go into the Holy of Holies, which is supposed to be, you know, basically where the, you know, the presence of God dwells. Uh, you know, um, you have to be, you know, you have to be a priest and uh, the priest has to do all these things and they would tie a rope around the, the priest's ankle in case he would, he was dishonest on his questionnaire about how, you know, <laughs> sinless he had been living. Because if he goes into the Holy of Holies and he's not, hadn't purified himself correctly, he's going to die. And so then you'd be able to drag him out. And so um, <clears throat> the, the, veil, the veil tears and um it would have been approximately three and a half inches thick yeah and it's and it was like well, like 20 feet tall or yeah. something it was it's insane big, i would love to see you know there's a guy in kentucky the ken ham built the um replica of the ark yeah i would love to see them do like a, he needs to get some money and do a replica of temple yeah because but you can't do it you know you don't want to do it now because all the the prophecy people will be like oh yeah that would be terrible it's the second it's a, that's that's a, that's an end times temple or yeah. prophecy thing is like well what's the temples rebuilt on the temple mount in jerusalem then jesus is coming back so we if, if we could do it in kentucky that'd probably be okay i think though i would just like to see a scale version of the temple that's all i don't know because then you got all those people that believe jesus came over to the united states that is true and, you know with the scene stones and there's just no getting away from the crazies yeah, so then the temple mount will really be in kentucky it's, and, well it should be in missouri where Wherever, the, wherever, what's his face yeah. thought it was going to be. So yeah, that is true. So yeah, they're just uh, maybe put it same. in Canada or something. Yeah. Something where nobody thinks anything good's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I digress. Um, I would just like to see a scale version of the temple because it, it's massive. Anyway, so so yeah, so there's this veil, three inches thick, multiple feet tall, 
it tears, right? So it's not something that just accidentally happens. But the significance of that is to see is that there is no longer a separation between man and God. That, that Jesus has fulfilled that gap and that we no longer have to take our problems to, to man in any sort of context and confess our sins and be atoned for. Not that I'm talking about anybody specific or anything. I don't need the Pope. No, oh. I didn't. I didn't see that anywhere in the okay. in the Bible. Yeah, um, that it's pretty clear that's what that was about. I mean, biblical scholars will say <laughs> that the tearing of the veil was to show that there is no longer separation between. That you no longer need an intermediary between God and man. There is no more need for the sacrificial system. There is no need for a priest to go in and ask forgiveness for sins because God, Jesus did that and so um, through the crucifixion he took upon it on himself our sins um, and paid the ultimate sacrifice for us and so we no longer live underneath that Jewish law so that's the crucifixion Jesus is taken down from the um, taken down from the uh, the cross and um, he's put into Nicodemus's uh, tomb um, Nicodemus a very forethinking man he already has his has his tomb picked out and again like it said in, in Isaiah 53 he was a rich man obviously Jesus didn't have a say in whose tomb he was put in he was put in the tomb on Friday before the Sabbath Sabbath for them was Saturday as Jews so they prepared his body put him in <clears throat> Friday um, before sunset on Friday and there he stayed for for three days and um, was resurrected on Sunday anything you want to say about it? Uh, crucifixion or any of that before we move on to the no, big day i mean uh <laughs> now i mean and uh i mean i i do that just that the veil being torn i mean it's one of those things that all jokes aside and ridicule of you know other belief systems um <laughs> you know I, I think one of the things that that we the, the significance that we truly miss is people and i miss this a lot of times is um the reason there was a separation in the old judicial system, um, how they were that way, is because they weren't good enough, right? They had to they had to be cleansed and had to be a part of a, a you know, this, this certain um, priestly order and all of that. Um, we kind of approach Christianity that way from time to time. I know me, um, you know, I felt that my family was less than and my situation less than and the things that I'd done <clears throat> and and all of that kept me from from encountering God and kept me from relationship with him and um, kept me from forgiveness and so that's how it's played out um, you know in, in modern times in the modern churches we've convinced ourselves that that once we um, do this and then we can be in the presence of God and experience him and so um, truly um, it's it's truly significant for you and your situation today to recognize what happened to that veil and and what Jesus did in that moment of of opening it all up of you know you know we sing about it you know come come to the altar right to, to go to the the foot of Jesus and and the cross and, and all of that 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 no matter you know what your situation or, and what you're going through um, that that's for you the veil was torn for you um, so that you could be in the presence of God today yeah. Um, oh, oh, yeah. You know, that's something we hear about here a lot. Uh, spoken in recovery is like, well, you know, I always felt like I couldn't come to church, or I couldn't, you know, I wasn't good enough to be saved because I had done all these things, and um, you know, I, you know, I did drugs, or I was bad to people, or whatever. And I remember, you know, I was having a 
end up study group with some guys and they were saying you know it kept kind of coming around the same same thing and I and I told them I said you know what if you hadn't done all those things you still wouldn't have been good enough you know I haven't done those things and I'm still not good enough yeah. and then, so this idea that you know there's some sort of level of quote-unquote good enough before we're worthy of salvation that's that's not a, that's not a real thing. That's not anything that's based in the Bible, and that's what makes us uniquely Christian, unique amongst amongst other religious systems, beliefs, is that is that as Christians, Christians, Protestant Christians, I guess, uh, <laughs> that there's nothing that we're gonna do that's going to earn us our faith is we cannot earn it. And that was kind of the whole purpose of the law back in the ancient laws, like Aaron would say, is it to show it's like, listen, the Jewish law, there's like 613 laws or something like that. I mean, and the first thing they did once they created laws was some, they made some more laws to say, well, what do you do when you break those first set of laws? And it's like, well, why are those, you know, why are these laws more, you know, better for us in, in, than these other ones, which we're breaking you know, I mean, it's like you, you just kind of see the futility of it. It's like, I got to do all this stuff to be right with God. And it's like, that doesn't seem like it's it's possible or it's a, it's a, a goal that we can actually reach as, as a human, you know, as a species. And that was kind of the point. It's like God's making the point. It's like, you can't do this without me. You can't, you can't earn this. I can give it to you, yeah. but you can't earn this. And, and that's what happened on the cross. Um, like I said, that criminal's like, you know, I, I, you know, I believe in you, basically, and 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 that was what it took. It was faith, and and through that faith, Jesus justified that criminal, and you know, and he's spending you know eternity in heaven with Jesus. So, <clears throat> um, those things matter. You know, it matters to understand that you know that we're, we're never good enough, and, and it's only through our faith and faith alone that we're saved. Um, but through that faith, then we begin to live out our faith by acting more like Christ does. It doesn't mean faith is not, I believe in you, I'm going to continue to do what I want to do and not live in accordance to your will, though, because that doesn't sound like you believe in him. Right? Yeah. If, I, if, I, if I'm going to claim somebody's my God that, you know, can smite me in a, in a moment if he wanted, I'm not going to be like, yeah, well, I'm not going to listen to you. I'm going to believe in you, I'm just not going to listen to you. Is, I mean, I don't know. Figure that one out for yourself, I guess. <laughs> so, so we get to the resurrection, which happens on Sunday. And um, in, the, in the Gospels will tell us, and this is an important part to the veracity of the, 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 the truth of the, of the resurrection, is that women were the first to, to find the empty, empty tomb. And um, that's significant because in that culture, women couldn't be counted on as, I shouldn't say, not, I don't mean it as couldn't be counted on, like as in they weren't reliable, but they, they weren't. Uh, that's what it sounded like. I know you're going to take that one out of context too. They're they're not um, could be used as witnesses, like for a legal case. Caleb saying women are less than I don't agree with him. <laughs> they 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 couldn't be used called as witnesses, right? So again, if if I'm going to write, I'm going to write a story. If I'm going to make up some, if I'm going to get some yeah. gold plates and make up a story off of them, I'm not going to use women as witnesses in this culture because that no one would believe them yeah unless it's true and, and because of because of the severity and the monument uh monumental nature of, of what is occurring i i'm gonna write at, this is exactly what happened regardless of what other people think of it and so the women were the first to find that the the tomb and the, the the tomb was empty and um and before i had mentioned um 
the, Jesus wasn't the first to claim to be a, a Messiah-type figure, except in all these other cases, a body was found somewhere, right? You know, the whoever is you know, that that figure's you know followers are like, yeah. Once you know enough torture is applied, they're like, yeah, he's you know we put him behind the shed or something. You know, they come clean about what they what they what they do with the body. Um, in this case, that that obviously never happened, you know, um, and so. <clears throat> Um, and, and not only that, the evidence for the resurrection was so strong that, that people that don't want to believe or, you know, atheists or, you know, people who are against Christianity have to start coming. They've come up with some really crazy um, theories as to why uh, everybody started acting as if Jesus was resurrected. So, like, one of the theories that was actually, this is, this is an actual thing. Um, was called the swoon theory was that Jesus never really died on the on the cross. Have you heard this? No, swoon I don't know. oh I yeah, heard this one. yeah. This is an actual thing. This was for a while. It was I don't know who would take this seriously, but so so after Jesus was beat within an inch of his life and then taken to a cross, which he you know got nails dri driven through his uh, wrists and his feet, and then and he hung on, and then after he was stabbed with a spear. And taken down, <clears throat> they put him into a tomb and rolled this like I don't know, that hundreds of pounds, heavy stone in front of this man, who was not most definitely not God. <laughs> From the inside of this tomb, rolled this who had who had just swooned. He had passed out basically from the pain and the blood uh -huh. loss and whatnot. He he wakes up in the tomb, rolls this stone away. <laughs> by himself, which there was two two guards outside of the tomb because they were trying to make sure the disciples didn't, again, do what these other disciples have, you know, of other fake uh, messiahs had done, which is go and steal the body and try to claim that he had resurrected. So um, he, he, this <laughs> crucified man wakes up, moves the stone, overpowers the Roman guards, and then runs off. That's, My God, it's Jason Bourne. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So that's the, uh, it's John Wick. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, so that's the swoon theory. That's an actual theory that people have uh, put out there. Um, that's when I know who killed Jesus' puppy. <laughs> yeah, sir. <laughs> um, but uh, and the reason they do that is because the behavior, and, you know, we talked about this before. I set this up earlier. I said, pay attention to how the disciples are acting uh, during the Last Supper, how they acted after his arrest, and then look at what they did afterwards. All of a sudden, so the, so the women go to the tomb, they meet the angel, the angel says, hey, Jesus isn't here, you're looking for him, he's gone, he's, he's risen. They go back, they tell the disciples, and the disciples are like, I don't really believe that. I mean, some of them did, Thomas didn't. He said, I'm not going to believe it until I can put my finger in his, um, you know, the, the nail holes and, and my, my hand in his side. Um, at which point Jesus appears to them. He allows Thomas to put his you know, to touch the, the wounds. And um, from that moment on, the disciples are completely different people. Yeah. And if Jesus wasn't resurrected, the, you'd be hard-pressed to explain why they started to act the way they did after they had acted the way they did prior to his resurrection. And again, one of the kind of the nonsense, this, again, this is a real thing, that the people, well, it was mass hallucination. All the disciples hallucinated and saw Jesus in the, the room they were in after the... Except that's not a real thing that happens. It's you know, never I, ever been happening. I've done a lot happened. of psychedelic drugs with with friends. <laughs> We've never shared a hallucination. Right. 
<laughs> yeah, people will hallucinate for sure, but they would never share a hallucination, the same hallucination. And Jesus, you know, appeared to some 500 people or so, the gospel will say. Um, so that is one heck of a trip. Yeah. There's yeah. um, some good shrooms. <laughs> so, um, and then uh, one of the other things, I'm going to just hit one more thing and then I'll, I'll let Aaron talk. I, I always come at this stuff from kind of the apologetic view because that's kind of my, what I, my my love language um all these disciples who again uh were too dense to understand what jesus was talking to him when they uh when he was telling him he's going to be betrayed and that peter was going to deny him um these the same disciples who ran away uh when he was arrested peter who did deny him when he was going through his trial uh these same disciples all but one of them died a martyr's death um claiming that jesus was was the son of God that was resurrected. Um, and nobody will die for something they know to not be true. You know, that's just not something that happens. And then no. of course, of course the rebuttal to that, and I'm gonna go ahead and, you know, take that away from you is that, well, what about the the uh, terrorists on 9-11? Well, they didn't know what they believed to not be true. These guys knew, would know that that wasn't true. They would know if they saw Jesus. They would know if they, you know, saw a resurrected Christ. They would know that, yeah. right? The guys on 9-11 were, were brainwashed into believing, you know, some pedophilic rapist wrote a book and claimed, you know, that he was a prophet of God. They, they were told that. They don't know that, you know, Muhammad made all that crap up. So... Um, so that's a, that's the thing with these disciples. And these disciples again were, were tortured, beaten, crucified, um, all sorts of things. At any point, they could have renounced it, and none of them ever did. So, uh, yeah, that's a that's a pretty significant <laughs> thing that that sometimes we don't put a lot of uh, weight into. Yeah. So the resurrection of Jesus, <clears throat> you know, as the women come, you know, and the reason they were coming is, you know, they had to, to rush getting Jesus's body in the tomb. So they were actually coming back to um, continue the, you know, the burial preparations. Um, and it uh, in Luke 24, it says that, uh, but early um, that Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared um, to them, clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified. They bowed with their faces to the ground and men asked, Why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee. The Son of Man must be betrayed in the hands of sinful men and be crucified and that he would rise again on the third day. And so, you know, these two angels of God <laughs> begin to reveal this truth, um, which these women are like, you know, like, all right. Um, in verse 8, it says, They remembered that he had said this. And it's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's um, like my wife telling me for the third time, hey, I got this thing tomorrow. Did you tell me about that before? <laughs> yes, I told you that. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Um, so oh, yeah. they're they're awoken <laughs> to truth, like, and, uh, and uh, you know, they begin to go share, you know, with the disciples that had done what? That ran away. Like, they, they went back to their old lives. They're, they're kind of in hiding. I mean, this is like... 
immediately they're gone and the women go back um, telling him this so they rush back from the tomb to tell his 11 disciples and everyone else what had happened um, it was Mary Magdalene um, Joanna Mary the mother of James and several other women who told the apostles what had happened and again like Caleb said these are not reliable witnesses um, as far as their legal system would have went um, so if you're, you're making this up you're not using women you're using men um two or more men saw this and mm-hmm. they they confirmed um <laughs> um but uh <clears throat> and i like this next part and it says however peter jumped up and ran to the tomb um to look stooping in he peered in and saw empty lenny wrappings then he went home again wondering what had happened so like the women got it <laughs> Peter, not the yeah, brightest guy. Peter, you know, the dullard. Is yeah. like, huh, this is weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, like we've touched on several times, you know, this is evidence of truth here. Again, if you're, you're writing this and this is what you're doing, um, you would make yourself look just slightly less stupid. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so, you know, as this kind of begins to take place um, and the unfolding and the significance of this, it does... I mean, it changes everything, um, changes the course of history. You know, historians, it's not even debated, um, really, even among um, non-believers, um, whether or not Jesus was a person. Like, that's that's like a confirmed historical fact on both sides. Um, <clears throat> so much so that, you know, we, we see that the history, time is recorded differently, even based off of Jesus. I mean, yeah. how profound of a person do you have to be um, for that to take place and you know over time we do have the disciples they begin to to behave differently um, with a new level of boldness they go from being fearful to hiding to you know all right um, I'm willing to lay down my life for for what I know to be true um, and it's it is just incredibly significant to the point that they they lay down their lives. You know, only one of the disciples wasn't actually mur- martyred, not murdered, yeah. um, martyred, um, and they attempted that. Right? He was actually boiled um, in yeah. oil, yeah. and then exiled when that failed, um, and maintained truth even past that. Like after he's after he's boiled, like can't, just imagine that boiled in oil, and you're gonna hold on to a lie. No. Yeah. Not at all. Like I'm walking up to the boiling oil, but like, yeah. Hey, listen. <laughs> um, we got <laughs> all I said. Yeah, yeah. I was just kidding. Yeah, you, you think I'm saying this, but hey, for real, Z. Like, but you know, you see that. You know, and to put that in real context, you know, we see um, in the past where you know, like an American pilot or soldiers, they'll get captured <clears throat> and they'll get, in, you know, during a war and they'll get imprisoned and tortured, and then they'll have, you know, whatever Iran, Iraq, or whoever whatever war we're fighting nowadays they um will have a video where the person is reading you know this letter ah, i denounce america and everything they do and it's like this person just went through you know they obviously some significant torture and you know and they and they know these things to be true and they'll still um or to be untrue and that that's enough to kind of to break them and cause them because they just want that kind of thing to stop and here are these guys that have that endured just as much if not more and just went all the way just, yeah. yeah just keep going i'm gonna i'm not changing my story i don't know if it was a true statement or a movie statement but i'm gonna use it anyways it's kind of one of those things that said everybody breaks at some point like yeah i imagine that to be true <laughs> i mean there's only so much that again that we can withstand um on our own and you know especially if it's something of man i mean in a, in a lie here would be of man 
Um, so the argument is, I mean, this is this is of God, and you know, because of God, man, they en- they endured to the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, that's that's Holy Week, um, that's Passion Week, whatever you want to call it. Um, from again Palm Sunday to to the resurrection of of Jesus, um, the the most significant historical event to have ever taken place. Um, and so you know, hopefully, again, it just kind of uh, illuminated some things for you, answered some questions that you may have had. Um, again, I, I remember, again, not so long ago, not having a clear understanding. What are these things that I hear around this season? Um, what do these words mean? What's the context here? So that was our goal here is just to kind of give you an overview. We do, again, want to encourage you, go back and read and study for yourself. Um, lean, lean into this. It, it was so significant. Again, one third of your New Testament, focus, not your New Testament, your, the Gospels, one third of the Gospels focus on the last week of Jesus' life. And so um, if it was that significant to them, right, uh, how significant should it be for us to study? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, just to hit the same point, you know, without the resurrection, everything else is, is kind of moot. I mean, if, if Jesus isn't re- resurrected, then he was just kind of a a nice crazy guy who thought he was God and a liar yeah I mean that's what you know the the C.S. Lewis argument is liar lunatic or Lord he doesn't give us an option you know he either was a liar about who he was um, which means you know and that that always drives me nuts the people are like well I don't believe Jesus was a he wasn't he wasn't the Messiah he was just a good he was a prophet or he was a good moral teacher it's like what kind of moral teacher lies to his followers and say Hey, you guys want to hang out with me because I'm God <laughs> incarnate. Um, that doesn't seem like a good person. And um, then he's, you know, either, so he was either lying about being God, he was either a lunatic, you know, nothing about his life would suggest, you know, irrational behavior. I mean, he wasn't just running around, you know, naked all the time or something, you know, crazy or biting dogs or I don't know what crazy people do. But um, he wasn't doing any of that kind of stuff. And so um, that just leaves you with that last option is that, you know, it's Lord. And like Aaron said, there's no, you know, any serious historian, there's no argument about that a person named Jesus existed at the time that Jesus existed. That's not a, a serious argument that anybody has. Um, we have more evidence, historical uh textual archaeological evidence that Jesus the person existed than we have for all sorts of other people of antiquity that we just assume I mean there's like two written accounts for Hannibal and his his uh, his, uh, invasion of Rome and we don't ever question you know we all saw the pictures of Hannibal and his elephants riding over the mountains in history class and that kind of thing and there's way more evidence for for Jesus than there is for for that and so if he was any sort of other historical figure we would never we wouldn't question that he existed it's always the, the question comes down to was he resurrected and and the evidence for that is, is significant and it's it's a rich history that we would encourage you to again do do research into and we've talked about this before and that knowing you know there's there's kind of the heart knowledge there's the experience of God and, and what he's done in your life and and through faith and through faith alone do you come to salvation, but there's a head knowledge that as a Christian we should always know why we believe what we believe and that we should have a defense for our faith and to understand the history, the historicity or the history of of what it is we believe. And, and, and we, we have the benefit of that. You know, We don't have to just ride our emotions and be like, well, I feel good, so I'm going to believe in Jesus today, and well, now life sucks, so I'm not going to believe in Jesus today. <laughs> 
um, know, know, know what you believe and why you believe it and what, you know, the history around what you believe. And there's plenty of that to be, to be had for those that want to look into it. So that is all I'm going to say about that because I could just keep going. <laughs> well, uh, we love you guys. We just appreciate you hanging out with us today. Um, again, if you have any questions, reach out to us at church office, 918-283-2221. You can email us at info at cedarpoint.church. If you're local, um, just walk up to us and harass us about what we said. We'd love to hear from you. Check us out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify. And we will see you right back here next week.